listening to Hope Signals with Mark and Susan Mason, the podcast of Life on the Verge Ministries. Hope Signals is a podcast where we offer practical principles and motivational insights aimed at helping people navigate their hopes and dreams. Welcome to part three of the series, Roadblocks. I'm going to be talking about doubt today, and boy, is that a huge one. But let me apologize for any road noise. We are at an RV park that's right against Interstate 75, not too far out of Tampa. We're in Bushnell, Florida. We'll be doing Sumter Correctional Center, five programs in three days. Um, First time here. Thank you for sending us here. Be praying for us. We go in in about three hours, I guess, we begin. And uh, it's just Susan and I. That's a a lot of time. We'll be playing a lot of music and doing a lot of teaching. So thank you again for bringing us here. Thank you for sending us to uh, the Panhandle where we were able to do some prisons down there. Uh, Made our base Panama City Beach to be close to the prisons, but also close to some dear friends we've known for, I don't know, 35 even more years a long time Uh, we got to hang out with them they've been very generous to life on the verge through the years Uh, especially in the last probably five or six years we used their home for a base when they were in Archer Florida now they're down near the Panhandle which is very close to a lot of prisons that we do so we had some great programs there in the Panhandle I got to sit by the pool for a couple days, Uh, actually got to go surf fishing for the first time in, I don't know, 20, 30 years it seems like. I I don't have any hobbies. Music used to be my hobby, but now it's my work. So uh, it was really cool to just sit on the beach and didn't catch much, a couple of small fish. Oh, I want to apologize for all the noise you're going to hear. I I told you we're right along I-75, so you're going to hear traffic. That was my coffee maker going off. Um, But I wanted to get this out before we go into the prison because I'm going to teach you an abbreviated version of what I'm actually going to be talking to the inmates about today. And you know the beauty of prison ministry is there is – they don't suffer from – uh, attention deficit disorder per, that we we suffer from uh, that's produced I think a lot by social media and the internet and all that our brain is just flipping all the time things are a little slower in prison and they don't mind you taking your time and so you know we're used to all the scriptures on a screen for us we don't have to flip through our bibles and and that's cool and I'm a fan of it but it also keeps people from learning how to navigate an actual bible you know, and, and while I appreciate um, the Bible on my phone and the Bible on my computer, and I utilize it a lot, um, I also, when I do my devotional time, I use a print Bible that, that I can write in the margins, I can highlight, I can mark up, I can, you know, I just, I just like that. And so that's what we'll be using today. We won't have any PowerPoint or anything like that. And I'll be reading big, huge passages of Scripture, the whole thing. Uh, I can't do that here for the sake of time, uh, but I will give you the gist of what I'm going to talk to them about, uh, and that is the roadblock of doubt. I'm actually going to be talking about faith, and uh, if faith could talk, what would it say? And so I'm just going to go over the highlights of this message for you, and I I still think it's, as I was putting it together, I was like, man, um, this is a good word. 
for me, we constantly need to feed our faith because I think our bent is negative. It's downward. It's doubt. It's worry. It's fear. It's anything but faith sometimes. And so I pray that uh, this message helps your faith arise and mine too as we get ready to go in by faith, believing that God brought us here for a purpose uh, for these for these men at this at such a time as this. So be praying that we just say and do what the Lord brought us here to do. All right. So uh, 1 Corinthians 13 is where I'm going to start with these guys. I may turn this into a series for them. Hey, funny thing. Okay. Yesterday, yesterday, I spent a good part of the day trying to get my printer to work. I had redone our set list, and I, I, you know, I was going to print out 27 pages of, of outline stuff for my book Thrival Mode to teach these guys, and I'll probably start on some of that stuff later uh, during our, our programs with them. But I could not get my printer to work, and so I, I realized I'm probably going to have to go get new cartridges and yada yada. And uh, instead of uh, doing that. Last night, I decided I would do it today. Don't you get frustrated when you've got to download this driver and you've got to update your computer software? And, and we're doing it all by hotspot over our phone, so it's really not screaming fast. And uh, so finally, as I was going to bed last night, um, I came, I just started thinking about faith. If faith could talk, what would it say kind of thing. And, and then I got this morning, and I, I just went old school. And I wrote my message out on paper with pencil. And I may print the other stuff out later, but I, maybe that was God's deal in thwarting my printer. I don't know. I'm trying to be too superstitious, superstitious but I, I feel good about this word. So I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians 13, where it tells us, you know, without love, we're nothing. That love's the bottom line. And you can read it for yourself, the whole thing. It's good to read that once in a while. Realize that love is the deal. At the end of that, Paul says, so now faith hope and love abide these three but the greatest of these is love so love is the greatest but these three remain one version says faith hope and love i'm going to talk about faith what is faith the biblical word for faith uh, really means to trust to believe to trust in god and so I, here's just a couple of things i'm going to talk to the inmates about is that faith says Without me, you can't please God. It tells us that in Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he exists, and he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so we can't please God without faith. If faith could talk, that's what it would say. If faith could talk, it would say, with God, all things are possible. All things. It would say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what faith says. Faith says, my God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. We don't live by sight. We live by faith, the word says. So no, no matter how bleak things look, we've got to confess the promises of God. He said in his word that he would supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. Faith says, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. In other words, there will be weapons formed against us, but in the end, we might lose a, a battle here or there, but we win the war. We keep pressing that ultimately 
those weapons of the enemy uh, will not prosper against us. Faith says, I'm more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Faith says, uh, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's a big one. Roblox one, I think I talked about sin and, and condemnation. And man, especially in prison, these guys need to hear that because if the enemy can't pillage and plunder your potential by causing you to renounce your faith and, and walk away from Christ, he will do everything he can to keep you from discovering the things that God has prepared in advance for you to do. Faith says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The next verse says that God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved. I think it's Romans 5.8 that says, While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us in our worst state. Faith says that God can be trusted above my feelings. It can even be trusted above what my eyes see. Faith says I am quantifiable, and I'm going to land on that for a minute. Faith says I can be little or I can be great. In Matthew chapter 14 is the account of Peter when uh, he got out of the boat. I'm sure you're familiar with it. In verse 28 is where it starts. You know, Jesus is walking on the water toward the disciples who are in a boat. And Peter says, Lord, if it's you, bid me come. That's the King James, I think. Um, he says, if it's you, command me to come to you. I prayed that prayer a lot, by the way. Um, Lord, if this is of you, then bid me come. Show me that we're supposed to do this. And sometimes that happens in practical ways, like things happen on the outside that make it very obvious we're supposed to take this step. Sometimes it's just a stirring on the inside. Uh, but I pray that prayer, Lord, bid me come. So Jesus did bid him come. He stepped out. He walked on the water. He saw the wind and the waves, and he, he was afraid. He doubted, and he sank, and Jesus reached down and picked him up and said these words, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So faith can be little. And jump over to the next chapter, Matthew chapter 15, the account of the Canaanite woman that came to Jesus. I'm going to read that whole thing. And Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a Canaanite woman from that region came out and was crying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely oppressed by a demon. But he did not answer a word. And that's important because sometimes we can feel like we're getting the silent treatment from God. And so we doubt and we give up. Then his disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away, for she is crying after us. So now, naysayers are just piling on reasons for her to doubt and walk away. Jesus answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Wow, three strikes. First, the silent treatment. Then naysayers, the disciples, telling her she needs to leave. Uh, or asking Jesus if he wants us to send her away. And, and then Jesus comes up and says, you know what, I was, she's, a, she's a Gentile. And he comes up and says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But here's what she did. She didn't walk away sucking her thumb. She came and knelt before him saying, Lord, help me. And he answered, listen to this. It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. He just called her a dog is what it sounds like to me. So now here, what, look at all the opposition happening here, giving her a reason to walk away, to doubt, to fear, to worry. She said, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. 
Then Jesus answered, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you desire. And her daughter was healed instantly. Look at that, how we face those things too. We face the silent treatment. We face negative people saying you may as well give up. And sometimes we can feel like, like, I mean, I don't know if I've ever felt like Jesus was insulting me, but that sure sounds like what he did. But she pressed on. So faith is quantifiable. So how do we go from little faith to great faith? Well, it tells us in Romans 10, 17 that faith comes from hearing the word. Now, Paul is talking about um, saving faith, okay? But I think it applies to all faith, that as we hear the word, our faith grows. Why it's important to listen to people teaching and preaching the word of God, to be reminded of what the Bible says to counter all these negative things that are being thrown at us all day, every day. So hearing definitely comes from the word of God, hearing the word of God. But in James chapter 1, verse 22, listen to this. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. He looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. And so it's not enough to hear the word. We've got to do the word. We've got to be doers. So faith grows by hearing and doing. Faith grows by hearing and doing works. What works? Well, we've talked about Ephesians 2.10 plenty of times. It's one of my favorite scriptures. We actually back up to verse 8, and it says that we are, we're not saved by our works, but we are saved for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. And so I'm going to kind of lean on those guys. You know, it, it tells us that faith without works is Dead. I'm glad I reviewed this with you because I didn't put that note in here. Yes, I did. Okay. That's in uh, chapter 2, verse 14 through 16. That faith without works is dead. Faith without action is dead. So how does our faith go from little to great? we got to hear the word, and then we've got to act on the word. We act out the works which God puts in front of us to do. So I, the, a big question is how do we discover those works that we're supposed to do? The first place I would start is Galatians 5. I think it's verse 22, 23. That talks about the fruit of the Spirit. That that's that's the most important thing is that we that we focus on is my life producing love? Is it producing patience and and long suffering? Is, is it producing peace? Um, am I producing the fruit of the Spirit? So faith grows by hearing, doing uh, those works. But how do we discover maybe specific works? Or, you know, we can't just walk up and say, you know, today I'm going to walk out this fruit of the Spirit. No, we have to do it in the moment sometimes. We have to show love when we didn't expect to show love. We've got to walk out these works. And that's where we <coughs> see faith. Let me give you an example. Okay. Um, well, first, look at John chapter 15, verse 1 through 17. I'm not going to read that whole thing to you, but I'm going to read it to the inmates today, um, where it tells us that we have to abide in him, that God desires fruit. 
and we can't bear that fruit with abiding in him. And that's why we have to have a constant and current relationship with Jesus so that we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit in the moment. Now, it's good to have vision. It's good to walk out those things, our goals and that kind of stuff. And and we get to see God work in those moments. But sometimes it's it, it's almost a spontaneous thing or something that happens. And, and if we're walking close to Jesus, he will give us wisdom as to what work we need to do by faith in that moment. Now, listen, the point of this is that doubt is a roadblock. You know, James says that even when we ask God for wisdom, if we doubt, we shouldn't think we're going to receive anything from God. Uh, My friend Jimmy Bratcher says, faith is the currency of heaven. It's how we do business with heaven. And so faith is not just hearing the word. It's hearing and doing the word. It's doing acts, what acts, the ones that God prepared in advance for us to do. And while those can be specific, start a business, start a ministry, do this, that kind of, those kind of things, I think the more important works are things like love, joy, peace, patience, the fruit of the spirit that you find in Galatians chapter five. Okay, so... We don't just plan, today, I'm going to bear the fruit of of peace. That's what my day is going to be about. You know, you can try that, but in reality, it's as we abide in Jesus. That's why it's so vital that the most important thing that we do, I believe, before we start our day is not check our email, check our Facebook. The, the, the first thing we do is open the Word of God and pray, and we don't always get the heavy revy, and sometimes we read a verse, and you know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but then maybe later in the day it comes up, or maybe the one you read yesterday. We're just to keep a steady diet of the Word. I think that's one way that we abide in Him. You know, in that passage, Jesus says we're like branches connected to the vine. And when you think about the life that flows out of that vine, out of Jesus and into us, that needs to be constant and current. So example, just now comes to mind. Okay, there's there's many and I bet you have many too. All right. So we had bought a, a, new, a used vehicle back in the 90s. It was an Isuzu Trooper. We had had an Isuzu Trooper that we bought new. We wore the wheels off that thing and decided, okay, we'll get another one of those used. So we get it. It has some malfunction. I forget what it was, a a year or so after having it. Big mechanical problem, and I'm not a mechanic. So I take it to this guy based on the recommendation of somebody who mentioned this dude up in West Virginia where we were living at the time. Well, this guy has our vehicle, I don't know, for a week or two, it seemed like. I'm using the church van to get around because I have no other transportation, and the pastor let me do it. And so... This guy tore our vehicle apart, trying to fix this problem, whatever it was. I think it was, may have been something to do with transmission, the motor. I don't, I don't even remember. All I know is Thanksgiving was coming, and uh, and this thing would barely putter along. I, I could barely get it up to 55 miles an hour. And we wanted to go down to Virginia Beach to see our family. Finally, I called the guy. I said, look, we need to have this vehicle back in time to go to Virginia Beach. So if you can't fix the problem, at least put it back together and I'll putter it down there. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll find somebody down there to fix it. I don't know. We'll look for another vehicle. I don't know. I was really mad at this guy. I wanted to jump in his face because he had it for so long and didn't fix my vehicle. I was just frustrated. 
And in the moment, as I was abiding in Christ now, okay, this is Christ working through me. It certainly isn't me. It certainly isn't my flesh. This is that life coming out of the vine into the branch that in my spirit, I knew this. Not only am I not supposed to jump this guy's case, I am to give him a gift. And, uh, you know, we didn't have a lot of money at the time, so I think we bought a box of candy or something. So I showed up, and I think I'd already been kind of nasty with him on the phone. I think he expected me just to pummel him. Uh, and instead, I showed up, and I got the vehicle, and I gave him the gift, and I said, hey, man, thanks for trying. And, and we had already paid him some money to do what he had done, but he didn't fix the vehicle. Now, that seems totally counter to what our flesh would do in a moment like that. And I, it, so we took the vehicle all the way down to Virginia Beach, puttering along 55 miles an hour, and uh, we get down there. And it, it wasn't Thanksgiving, it was Christmas. That's why I gave him a gift. It was a Christmas gift that I gave him. And uh, decided, you know what, we're going to go look for a vehicle. And uh, maybe we could trade this in even in the condition it's in. So, long story short, we found the most outstanding, awesome Dodge Ram pickup truck, four years old, low mileage, um, extended cab, <coughs> great, great vehicle. They gave me a fair amount on trade. The payments were, were affordable, and uh, we came home in a phenomenal truck. Uh, that uh, I, I don't recommend car payments. I don't have any now. We drive older vehicles, but nevertheless, um, my point is is that we came out on the upside. It was a miracle when I looked when I started to compare prices and what with the deal we got on that truck and everything and how awesome it was and the great shape it was in. We got a steal of a deal from a dealership, a very reputable dealership. God looked out for us. He supplied our needs. I tell you all that to say it just grew my faith that sometimes we need to bless people even though in our flesh we think they deserve a curse. That is faith. That caused my faith to grow, to say, yeah, you can do that. You know, there's been many, many times when my flesh wanted to do one thing, but in my spirit, I knew that God was telling me to do the counter thing, to do something different. And, uh, and, and that causes our faith to grow. That, that is a work that God prepared in advance for me to do. You know, sometimes I, I make it like, you know, life on the verge is this big work that God created in advance for us to do. And I, I sort of think so. But it's those kind of micro works day to day that grow our faith a little at a time. You know, let's take, for example, you get in a huge fight with your spouse and and you feel like you got a leg to stand on. And uh, man, this is why I believe church, the corporate gathering of saints it, under the w preaching of the word of God and worship is so, so vital. Let's say this is the biggest, maybe you've got the most valid argument ever. Maybe your spouse has wronged you in a way, and they even know they've wronged you in a way or whatever, and you're just burning up. This is just one illustration. You, you, you've fought over it. You've argued over it. It's lasted for a couple of days. Now it's, it's Sunday, and you normally go to church. You should, and why it's so important. You go to church. They're, they're leading worship, or, and, and you don't feel like worshiping. You're angry. You're bitter. It could be your spouse or anybody else that offended you, but let's say your spouse. And uh, you, the last thing you want to do is sing a song. Uh, maybe you're going through any kind of trial and you show up at church. And the last thing you want to do 
is lift your hands to the Lord. I've watched this many times as a worship leader um, and as a pastor. That that especially men, by the way, will come to church. They've had a rough week. Maybe they are fighting with their spouse. I don't know. But their arms are down. They don't feel like singing these songs. But gradually, you know, by the second song, maybe they're tapping their foot. Maybe they maybe they even clapped a couple of times offbeat, as many men do. Um, but then they realize in their spirit, if they're being sensitive, <laughs> it can be the last song. It can be the last chorus of the last song. They surrender. And, you know, I believe that's why the word tells us to lift up our hands. And they lift their hands to the Lord and surrender. And they cast that burden on them, on Jesus. And, and the Lord speaks to their heart and says, yeah, you're right, but love is more important. And then you walk away from that circumstance knowing that you've got to take the initiative to go to that person that offended you. You've got to forgive and maybe even bless when they deserved a curse. And God brings breakthrough through those kind of things. But that, that takes a little bit of faith to lift your hands and worship the Lord despite what you're going through. And it could be any trial. But then as you hear the word preached that day, Maybe your faith grows a little more, and then you act. You do that work which God prepared in advance for you to do, which was to offer forgiveness even in the face of an offense, even in the face of something where you feel justified, and you offer that forgiveness, and God brings a breakthrough, and your faith grows all the more. You know, it, it, my, one of my favorite um, quotes, you've heard me say it a million times, do all you can where you are with what you have, and God won't leave you where you're at. That's where we start. Um, we bring our two fish and five loaves. We leave the miracles to Jesus. Um, we've got to overcome doubt. It could be anything that you're supposed to do by faith. Maybe there's a phone call you need to make, an email. We've got, we've got to do these little acts of faith to cause our faith to grow into greater acts of faith. Now, faith is a gift from God anyway. It's, we can't even believe on Christ without the gift of faith that he gives us. And so be a hearer of the word, be a doer of the word, do the works which he prepared in advance for you to do. And while that may mean some grand idea you have for a ministry or a business or, or some initiative like that, I do think that comes into play as well. Uh, I talk about that a lot in my book. But I think it's, it's starting with where, going back to where we started, love is the most important thing. So I, let's, let's rephrase that. Do all you can where you are with what you have to demonstrate the love of Christ to others and God won't leave you where you're at. And so even as you go through your day today, there's no doubt people are going to say or do something that takes you take the wrong way. As you keep a constant and current relationship with Jesus, as you abide in him, he abides in you. He will give you the wisdom to do the things you need to do when you need to do them. And those are also the works which he prepared in advance for us to do. He wants our life to bear fruit. What kind of fruit? Not just the fruit of doing great and mighty works. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says that many are going to come to Christ and say, you know, we did all these great things in your name. And he's going to say, I didn't even know you. Depart from me. That's scary to think that you can do a lot of things for the Lord, 
But if you're not abiding in him and he abiding in you, and that's where you find narcissist leaders sometimes, and I've probably been one at one time or another, that are so consumed with doing the work of the ministry, they forget to take care of the sheep. That's another topic altogether, by the way. But uh, the word today is do all you can where you are with what you have to extend the love of Christ to others. Love is faith, hope, and love remain, but the greatest of these is Love And so as you go through your day, whatever it is that you're putting your hand to, um, make that your focus, that, that I want to I wanna hear the word. You've heard some word from me today, um, but hearing it's not good enough. I want to be a doer of the word. I want to do what? I want to do the works God prepared in advance for me to do today, you know, and, and uh, to extend the love of Christ. And I believe if we do that, God won't leave you where you're at. That doesn't mean it's great. When we get moved, maybe geographically, or we get a new job, or or our business takes off, that that's wonderful. Um, but it, I think it's more important. God won't leave you where you're at in your faith. Your faith will grow. Your capacity to withstand the attacks of the enemy will grow. And and so I, I, when I say God won't leave you where you're at, that doesn't just mean He's going to you know bring big money to your bank account or he's going to open up doors of opportunity. That's part of it, okay? But more importantly, it's that we are growing. Our faith is growing in the Lord so that it would be said of us that we are not, oh, ye of little faith, but we are those with great faith. Hope that helps. Have a blessed week. Do pray for us today, uh, all weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We are going to be in this prison and it's going to be exhausting, but it's going to be exhilarating. And uh, we will give you a report back. Maybe we'll post some videos um, from the outside of the prison because they won't like, let us take a camera inside anymore. But again, thank you for supporting us. If you can help us, we are on the road. Gas prices are going up. Everything's going up. I know it's affecting all of us. But consider us in your giving. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll be on the road for quite some time as long as the Lord provides. So he keeps he keep you keep sending us, we'll keep going. Bless you.